You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. I have to confess, <laughs> it's my, my new little game within my own head, is to, he has to push the button to record and then get back to his seat. So I'm playing guitar live every, every episode, and so I've been shortening it shortening the little song so I just go and then boom he's supposed to be at the mic going welcome to Fed by Raven and I've been making that almost impossible for him to my own amusement <laughs> I'm just glad he's laughing uh, welcome to day 295 and 296 oh boy we're doing it this is pretty exciting Fed by Ravens we're pushing through and the story is things are becoming clearer and clearer especially in Jeremiah The cycles of death versus the cycles of life are popping. And they're not as tricky as you think. They're actually quite simple and quite attainable for those who have ears and can care at all. Anyway, we'll talk more. Tell us where we're at, Matt. Our Old Testament reading for today is Jeremiah chapter 48 through chapter 50, verse 10. extra. All right, sorry. Fun today. If you're reading, you might want to go back uh, and uh, you just need to look at a map. Mm -hmm. One of those stiff cardboard pages in your Bible at the front or the back that has a map of Israel and it'll show you what's happening because so much of the story has been directed towards Israel first in the north to remind everyone. Judah In the south, Mm -hmm. Judah is now being, uh, Jeremiah is bringing the bad news of, hey, Babylon's going to destroy us. It's been pretty much, and they're all going, yeah, Assyria already destroyed Israel. Mm -hmm. So they're like, okay, and for us, even as readers, so many years later, it's mostly about God's people. But there is a time when it affects the neighbors. Yes. Okay, so I was thinking about this. It was really, I know I've kind of said something along a similar line already, but yeah, we've said it all. Um, reading this, and it's addressed to Moab, the Ammonites, uh, the Edomites, uh, mm-hmm. children of Ishmael, and again, most of them are all tied back to um, Abraham, Jacob, uh, yes, Isaac, Esau. You know, they they find their ways all the way. They're still part of the greater family, mm-hmm. and recognizing that. Their sin, like, God's, like, telling them, your time's over, the time's up, you have had chances. You've seen Israel, you've seen my people, you are related to my people, you've heard my word, you know what's been going on, you've seen my discipline on them, and you should have repented. Okay. You're going from the outside in. Yeah. I was going to start with, by saying, people in our time mm-hmm. like to tell themselves, you know, your life matters. Mm-hmm. You matter. And right. I realize we have to say that because everyone believes in evolution. And evolution screams, if science would scream... We're an accident. You're, you don't matter at yeah. all. You're actually a piece of dust on a rock that mm-hmm. come or go. It doesn't matter because we're talking about billions of years, people. Mm-hmm. Like when someone says, billions of years ago, you emotionally should start to crumble and realize if that's true, you truly are. I mean, 80 years is mm-hmm. truly ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. nothing. Right. So you are nothing. So we have to write uh, over and over again and tell ourselves, no, you matter, you matter. Mm-hmm. That's because, thank God, 
God has still put his image in us and yeah. we still have this longing to matter. And by God's grace, we do. But I was just thinking the people of God matter. Yes. They really, truly matter mm-hmm. to all these other nations. Mm-hmm. Because when the people of God start worshiping false gods, eventually it's going to spiral and, and the heat of God's wrath hitting them is going to singe and burn all the surrounding neighbors. Right. So I would say the people of God, you are the only ones I will, tr- you truly matter. Right. <laughs> because God is interacting with you and me. And what he does to us for good, for salvation, or for judgment matters to everyone. Mm-hmm. Which I like that idea. Now you're coming from the outside, and the reality is, yes, God has been so gracious. And we're going to get to a verse there that he says it over and over again. Mm-hmm. He reveals his grace. But first, let's catch everybody up to what Jeremiah is saying. So he starts listing. What kind of, if you don't mind, I'm going to smush these three chapters together, 48 through 50. So he says to Moab, Mm -hmm. you guys are done. He says to Amnon, you're done. Edom, Damascus, Kedar and Hazar, Elam, and -hmm. Babylon. So we're going to break these places down. Mm -hmm. Let's start with Moab. Right. A result of an incestuous relationship with Lot. If you remember, God saved Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. And then it occurred to him, well, his daughters, daughters. but still, he put himself in a position to get drunk and... Mm -hmm. uh, Twice, yeah. And to make babies with his daughters. Right. That From the, that encounter came the Moabite people. And the Ammonite people. And the Ammonite people. Mm-hmm. So, right? So those two. And then they grow up to be these people who actually work against Israel, work against uh, Judah. Mm-hmm. And now when Jeremiah's talking, he's announcing judgment on them. Like, you guys, I know you're my cousins, but you're really going to get it. And one of the reasons, among many, is that after Assyria cleaned out mm-hmm. the north, was it Moab? Uh, no, it was the Ammonites. Well, both. Both. They then... Raided. They raided and doubled up, doubled down on Judah. Israel and Judah uh, when they were in a weak state already. Mm-hmm. So that was not good. They've been against these people. Yeah, and I was thinking, though, like, because there's a moment where you kind of like, how have they stayed around this long? And Moab mm-hmm. gets a lot of attention. Like, there yeah. is like the longest prophecy to yeah. other nations. And I was thinking about it, and it's be- I think it's because of Ruth. Absolutely. No. So Ruth, if you remember, came. She was a Moabite. Yes. Uh, married uh, Boaz, and she was the great grandmother of yeah. like her David. and Obed, and then Jesse. So and like David, really, yeah. mo- the Moab people, I would almost say like have been around because of the line of David, or reinforced at least. So here's what's amazing about this section, if you can connect to the whole story. God says, I'm going to break Moab like a vessel for which no one cares. <laughs> Declares the Lord. Yes. You do not want that put and, on you. And and he puts a curse on right. anyone who does not destroy them. Exactly. Like, it's you'll be rewarded for destroying these people. Yes. And by the way, Moab is in wine country. Yeah. Like east of the Salt Sea. It's a nice fertile area. It's wine country. So that's why, although if you're reading it, you'll see all these kind of wine press ideas. Mm-hmm. But he says, you're going to be totally wiped out. It's the longest section. But then there's like this little verse, verse 47, which goes, I mean, it's the very last verse. Yet, this is the prophecy, yet I will restore the fortunes of Moab in the later days, declares the Lord. Thus far is the judgment on Moab. And if you're connecting like we are, you get to that verse and you go, why? (laughs) Why do you care about these incestuous, mean, 
horrible people who have been against God and only been used to lead people away from God. And so here you see, if you're looking for it, if you're, if you're actually engaging this, you'll see the ridiculous commitment God has to his people. Mm-hmm. God is so loving and so steadfast and in his love and so merciful. His grace, his grace is truly amazing. And what you'll see, he does the same for Amnon, right? Yeah. So Amnon... Again, they really attacked the north after Syria. They were awful. Well, they they attack um, Gedalia, uh, east side. So yeah. the people who weren't across, who didn't cross the Jordan. Mm-hmm. So the tribes that were there, they raided those tribes. Right. And, Gad uh, and so on. And again, it's going to be uh, you're going to be overwhelmed and taken by Babylon. But afterward, I will restore you. And I'm going, oh man. And I'm starting to catch like. God's grace is bigger and wider than you and I can imagine. Mm-hmm. He has such a perspective on things. And, mm-hmm. and I think even for the sake of Ruth, he saves Moab. Yeah. And for the sake of who from Amnon? I don't even know who's from Lot. Amnon. Lot. And for it. the sake of Lot. And then you get to Edom. Who, and we'll tie, I'll tie all this together at the end, like his grace stuff, yeah, because yeah. we need to say something about it. But Edom then is Esau's descendants. Mm-hmm. Again, that guy sold his birthright for a bowl yeah. of chunk of noodles. Yeah, so I, I lo- the the line that stuck out to me in Edom was, I will bring the calamity of Esau upon him, the yeah. time when I punish him. I was like, whoa! Um, there actually wasn't a line of hope for Edom. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about that. I was like, the calamity of Esau. And the calamity of Esau was that he forsake his birthright. So the only he thing, cut himself out of the family. So even Lot and even... Uh, these people still didn't cut themselves out of the family name. Mm-hmm. He did for a bowl of soup. Yeah. Edom, then it goes Damascus, which is the capital city of Aram. So it's pretty much, Jeremiah's working his way from south to north, up along the Jordan, mm-hmm. right? And because that's where all the problems came yeah. from without. So the, the nations of Israel and Judah are kind of on the inside of the Jordan to mm-hmm. the Mediterranean. Okay. And so with them, he says, again... To Damascus... To Damascus, I'm gonna your capital city of Aram. Of uh, against Syria. S- so yeah. Syria was the original bad, um, yeah. in the early days of Israel Judah. And then um, there's Kedar and Hazar, and these people Ishmaelites. Ishmaelites. So remember where Ishmael <clears throat> came from? Hagar. Hagar. The illegitimate attempt to mm-hmm. create a son out of your own strength yep. is a constant problem. But these people feel so secure. That yeah. there's no walls. Yeah, That's they're funny. they're um, I mean they were like uh, I can't think of the word. Nomadic. Yes, yeah. that's the word. They're nomadic, but they feel safe. Mm-hmm. But you're not safe from God's wrath, and they're going to be taken out. Then you got the crazy one to the original audience, Alam and Babylon. So Alam is 200 miles away up north, mm-hmm. and they were originally a. They're like a city of Susa, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like. It's like and they they teamed up with Babylon to yeah. dis- to destroy Israel and Judah. Right. So now we're getting to Elam and then Babylon and basically says to Elam, I'm going to scatter you. Mm-hmm. Your people will not be remembered as a people. You'll be scattered to all the four corners of the earth. But he drops that line again. But he says, in the later days, I'll restore the fortunes of Elam. Okay. okay. God's grace at this point when you're reading, his grace is a little bit unnerving. Mm-hmm. You're like, what What are you doing here? But then it even gets a little worse because now Babylon, he goes, Babylon, um, you're going to be thrashed by guess what? 
people from the north. It's mm-hmm. always people from the north. Yeah, you just keep further and further out. And so they're going to be overwhelmed at some point and destroyed by the Medes and the Persians. I do want to say, Cyrus. again, so Babylon was assigned by God to destroy the people, right. to punish the people of God. And Babylon had access to the words of God through Daniel, yeah. through Ezekiel, yeah. through uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Nebuchadnezzar went through a conversion and then also walked away. Right. And so there is this, and then even his son. And then so there is this point where it's like the nations condemn themselves. Yes. And God's like, that has to be answered to. Yeah. If, if you don't, if you flat out keep rejecting it. Yeah. Then you get what you want. Right. I give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. So this event, though, with the Medes and the Persians overwhelming with King Cyrus, and again, this is all five, he's predicting this five years before Babylon even sieges Jerusalem. Right. It's crazy. Well, he says, it'll be when Babylon gets destroyed that the exiles will come back. Right. And because you didn't have shepherds and you were like sheep mm-hmm. without a shepherd and you had bad. But here's what hit me. So God's wrath is real. Right. It's coming and it's completely avoidable. Yes. There is no reason for anyone to have to endure the wrath of God. According to the prophet of God, according to God, he's saying over and over again, even in his judgment, he's like, I want to save you. Mm-hmm. I want to save you. And so I guess dealing with the amazing grace of God, that's what we're confronted with. Like God yeah. is gracious and steadfast. And that doesn't make me go, oh, good, let me keep sinning. Mm-mm. It actually makes me go, will you forgive me for the silly stuff I did today for not thinking of you first, thinking of me first. Will you forgive me for betraying you as king? Will you forgive me for worshiping these other things? And he says, yes, I will forgive you. Keep turning to me. And the way he saves these people was that blew my mind. I was like, wait, I don't remember like any of these groups still around. Oh, right. Does it through Jesus? The number one answer, Jesus. And so by Jesus dying for the whole world, mm-hmm. these nations have a shot at redemption. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they will, they'll be descendants of Moab and Ammon and Damascus that are Christians today. Mm-hmm. And that is the grace of God announced through the prophet, through the word of Jeremiah, to a time and place that didn't even know what he was talking about. And we find ourselves in a similar situation today where people cannot understand the word of God and you can't comprehend God's grace because you're too busy judging God. Why is he? He shouldn't kill people. He shouldn't do this. He should have let Moab alone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure we're all for incest and uh, uh, and child ter- sacrifice and child sacrificing and terrorism. Yeah, those are all things we're for. What what a mean God we have. Get to know God, and you'll get confronted with His grace. And what it shows me is I'm the cruel one, right? Not God, right? I'm the one that wants to wipe these people out forever because right. I think they're the problem. And God's like, no, no, no. Your heart is the problem. You're the problem, Adam. <laughs> and when you engage my grace, yes. you will get to rest there. And guess what? You don't have to carry out judgment on anybody else anymore. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. It turns out I'm loving, steadfast, and faithful. Boom. Our New Testament reading for today is 2 Timothy chapter 1 through chapter 2. New book! Well, it's it's a continuation of the first book. It's still a new book. New book. We're cruising through. Did you update that number there? Yeah, we're at 39 right now. We've read 39 books of the Bible. Yes. 
Good job, everybody. Second Timothy. Wow, what a sweet book, man. I I just maybe I felt this last year reading through the Bible like this. Probably, you know, his mercies are new every morning. <laughs> it's like I don't remember what I had for breakfast this time last year, but I'm sure it was amazing. Right. But today it was really good. It it's was. just Paul in prison in Rome, writing to one of his young pastors that he set up mm-hmm. over the beloved Ephesians community, right? Mm-hmm. In Ephesus. Yes. He spent the most time there, loves yeah. them. He's been helping Timothy organize because the body of Christ is so important. The, God saves the world through his nation, right? Yeah. Like we just read that in Jeremiah. People were saved and had the opportunity to be saved because they existed. So that carries over into the church. Mm-hmm. Like the church that exists, its very existence gives the world an opportunity for salvation instead of the impending judgment. Mm-hmm. And so he loves Timothy. He's writing a letter to him, really a heartfelt like, hey man, I want your comfort. I want your uh, attendance. I'm going to send someone to pastor for you there so that you can spend some time with me in Rome. I need to talk to you. Yeah. And... Um, and so then he gets into it that way. And that's why he's guard the deposit entrusted to you. Like, Timothy, I want you to come to me, but I want you to guard what God has begun in you. And this didn't just begin with you. It began with your mom with and your, your grand- mom's mom. Yeah, your grandmother, yeah. And, it's the, and what happened through your mom, your grandma, and then your mom was that they clung to the word of God. They gave you a story. Mm-hmm. I feel like in our culture, having raised kids and raising my kids, the culture is doing everything it can to say, don't give your kids a story. Yeah. Like, Make what? them create their own. No, yeah. They'll go out and let them discover who they are and discover what they believe. Don't put anything on them. I'm like, are you crazy? That sounds like orphaning. I'm mm-hmm. g- what? So I'm going to give them food and shelter, but then orphan them in every other way so that they have to go and work hard to figure out who they are and right. fail? No, I'm sorry. I'm giving my child a story. And that story includes a God who is creative, all-powerful, and all-loving, and whose son died for you and rose again. That's what I'm putting on my children. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If they want to run from it when they're older, then that's all on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I pray it doesn't happen. But that's what Paul's saying. You were given this story. Now right. guard it. Guard it. Don't be ashamed of it. Yes. And don't be... And then, so Let it guide you. <clears throat> let right? it guide you. And then I do love... I can finally hear Paul's own emotions behind yes, this. Yes, he's very emotional here. And recognizing like... He's kind of in a dark place of, like, I'm in prison. Um, and when you're in prison in those times, uh, you, the prison didn't provide food for you. You were all at the mercy of friends and family yeah. that would bring you food. And so, again, he's, like, begging. He's, like, basically having to ask friends for food or relying on them. Otherwise, he's not going to eat. Um, and then so and then he's starting to hear about all these other pastors that he set up in other cities that are turning away from the faith or corrupting the faith. And he's cut and he's devastated and he's, yeah. and he's reaching out to his boy, Timothy going, I just want to make sure you're good. I want to see you. I want to make sure you're good. I want to make sure you're not ashamed of Jesus. And I want to make sure you're not ashamed of me because I'm in prison. Please. I want to make sure everything's okay. Yeah. It's so, and then it's really chapter one verse 12, but um, he's saying, I was appointed to teach this gospel, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until the day what has been entrusted to me. 
Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Mm -hmm. I love how he's just kind of Trinitarian breakdown. I think it's like what I do is what we do as preachers. This is why we talk so much because what we just want to say, all, all Paul wants to say is, I love you, man. Guard the word of God. Don't be ashamed of it. But then you start rolling and you're like, because Jesus died for mm-hmm. it and gave it to us. And because God the Father is going to keep you by his word. And because the Holy Spirit's with you too. And he's going right. to help you guard it. And there's so many things available to you to help you. Don't lose. Yeah. Like he's, he's equipped you. He's given you all things. And it is worth it, man. I'm in prison and it is horrible. But it's worth it. I'd it's rather be it. here yeah. and know what's going on. But anyway. So I thought that was pretty great in chapter one. Um, and then he has to name out... Uh, yeah, this is where... For Jealous and uh, Hermogenes... He starts to, like, get... gets a little personal. We don't is, know anything about yeah, these guys. But he's, like, but they've worked up about it. Yeah. And he's, like, um, it's like everyone in Asia has turned against me. Yeah. My whole ministry to Asia feels like a wash right now because two of the pastors that I set up there are now going around and spreading lies. Right. I'm, like... Which is part of ministry. Bummer. And remember, this is two pastors. This mm-hmm. is Timothy as a pastor. And so this is what we talk about. Mm-hmm. There's times where we have to watch out for things and that we're going to infect or hurt the gospel in our communities. Right. right. And so these are kind of private conversations. So I don't think Paul meant to. I, I know Paul didn't think this letter was going to be read right. 2,000 years by us. Um, and he probably would have not drop names or who knows knows? maybe he would have yeah um because what he's sensing is the imperial um kind of persecution of christianity Mm -hmm. is on the rise right and And so he's like we have to buckle down because if we're not strong in what we know man we're gonna die we're gonna be imprisoned no matter what so you want to make sure you're going you're gonna go down holding on to the gospel and he's starting to see ministers fall yeah and he's and he's broken so up about it, and he's like, um, "Okay, Timothy, I need to make sure you're good." But his so chapter two goes into, and so you start to hear there is one good minister though, Anesiphorus. Yes, and Anef- Yes, Anesiphorus. Sure, he's for us. He's for us. Um, so that's encouraging. So it's, it's always two to one, yeah. right? I get discouraged by two and encouraged by one. Yeah, those, those, those them's just the odds. But then his. Again, though, in chapter two, his uh, advice to Timothy, though, oh, isn't like, so, sweet. so just buckle down and um, figure it. You're on your own, man. Yeah. You can't trust anyone. He's, he's encouraging Timothy to go, hmm. this is the importance of looking for other good men to be called ministers of the gospel. Yeah. Like, find guys that you can trust with this because mm-hmm. you need, the, the church needs pastors. The church, you need other guys who can walk with you and understand the struggle because it is hard. People are going to get taken right. down. Which is makes sense that this, uh, verse three, is like like a good soldier. Yeah, good well, in the verse two, right before that, sorry. Yeah. He says, um, uh, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Right. So it's like, cling to this fraternity of... Mm called ministers of the gospel. Right. And then, I like his analogy, though. It's yeah. like, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. So it's mm-hmm. like, don't get caught up in civilian pursuits. And there is, like, to the calling of a pastor, mm-hmm. you are operating on a 
in between more you're not only on the earth you're mm-hmm. operating in the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth yeah and so you see things differently and it's easy to get entangled and all the drama down here but it's like keep your eye on remember who you're ultimately serving who are you working for you your working authority for? comes from christ so make yeah. sure you're operating with christ and finish the race mm-hmm um, yeah and then I, he just kind of breaks out. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, is preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. I love that. He's yes. like, he just uses what he's, he's like, I'm bound, but man, nothing can stop the word of God. Right, right. And then uh, I love this, uh, the trust, the saying is trustworthy. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him if we deny him he will also deny us if we are faithless he remains See, faithful isn't it like for he cannot deny himself boom there's so much in that and what i, I read about that because i'm like what is this and it's like a hymn yes apparently it's a familiar hymn they would sing this i want to make this into a song um also it totally calls back to jeremiah's prophecies yes, yes. Of, the nations have been faithless, but God cannot deny who he is. And he is faithful to his word. He is faithful to his love for us. Himself. And that's what you call your kids. You're, yeah. We are one. There's a unit. I mean, this, this little song says it all. If you read it on first glance, you think it's just straight law. Because mm-hmm. it says, if we deny him, he will deny us. And you're like, okay, and he's going to get rid of us. And then if we're faithless, it's gonna you, your mind just kind of fills in. Oh, and he'll not be faithful to us. But this is the gospel. Mm -hmm. He flips it. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. So like the idea is even if we walk away and we do horrible things to him, Mm -hmm. we can return and he will receive us. Whereas in earthly relationships, I do horrible things to you. I bankrupt you. I ruin your life. And then I go away for a, a year and I go, hey, Matt, can we be friends again? No. What? Absolutely not. Right. That's what this is saying, mm-hmm. is that Jesus says, yeah, I've been waiting for you. Like mm-hmm. the prodigal son's father. Yeah. But what a great song. I wonder how it went. I know. If we had died with him, yeah. he will also live with him. <laughs> Sorry, I don't, it's I'm, not Jewish enough. If we have died with him. No, I'm no. going medieval. Yeah, I don't know. If we endure with him. All right, we'll, okay. we'll work that out later <laughs> and present it. Um, maybe on our big uh, Fed by Ravens live show. Oh, yeah, sure. Which we are not probably doing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, so the familiar hymn and then he ends with a worker approved by God like don't get caught up in all these fights and quarrels about words and it does no good it yeah. ruins the hearers so yeah. like you pronounce the gospel I think about this when we mm-hmm. get caught up in current affairs mm-hmm. from the pulpit mm-hmm. and we're just trying to say what's right what's the right way to vote what's the right way to think right. here's, what, here's the, th- the cause we gotta be against I think that'll happen but our job is to carry the word yes. of God, which yes. is there's peace between God and man in Jesus Christ, yes. his death and resurrection. Yeah. And again, he's like, just focus on the word. Remember what that is. Remember that's where all your authority and all your power comes from. And again, he drop, he name drops two other guys who have fallen away. Hymenaeus and Philetus. And he's like, they're going around saying like some Gnostic stuff. They're saying the resurrection's already happened, it's which a- is... What happened in Corinthians. So if the resurrection's already happened, there's no more law. We do whatever we want. So I guess I'll s- start dating your wife. And the only resurrection... Which is what they were saying. That, well, and the resurrection that they're looking forward to is of only spiritual. Yes. Um, and it's not uh, physical. 
And so, again, it's this Gnostic teaching of everything earthly is bad, everything physical is bad, and the only thing good is spiritual, and that's what we're attaining. And the way that works through our broken brains is, therefore, nothing matters that I do physically, Mm -hmm. because it's dirty anyway, Mm -hmm. which then leads people into all sorts of sinful, destructive, physical patterns. So it can go into hedonism, or it can go into extreme legalism asceticism Mm -hmm. where you yeah and then you have rules about i don't eat this i don't do that Mm -hmm. because the body's so bad yeah and you're punishing your body yeah it went stoicism and hedonism Mm -hmm. like stoics went that way yes but god's firm foundation stands bearing this seal the lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of the lord depart from iniquity so paul's saying we don't teach the resurrection's already happening the body is God, it's godly, it's for us to enjoy, yeah. physical things. Everything and, God created is good. And the spiritual things, they all work together. Um, and then he's just giving some, again, more practical stuff to Timothy, saying like, look man, remember you are set apart for a holy calling. Yeah. You are set apart. Remi- did, remember that. Did like, anything in this list, so at the end he's like, flee youthful passions, pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, all these great things. And it kind of went on through the end of this chapter. Did anything jump out to you as, whoa? Or should I tell you what jumped out to me and then see what triggers yeah, you? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Do that. So what, what jumped out to me, the thing I really liked was, the Lord's servant must, must not be quarrelsome, mm-hmm. but kind to everyone. Okay, I, can, I understand that. Able to teach, right. Patiently enduring evil. What? <laughs> that is one you don't hear very often. Mm-hmm. Patiently enduring evil. So like recognizing there are people with bad motives all around you. And instead of always being the warrior, I need to make everyone aware of this sin. Mm-hmm. I need to, to eradicate it. No, we are the ones who, we are pronouncing the word of God. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. We get to have peace when all hell is breaking out around us. Yes. And we endure evil. Mm-hmm. Correcting our opponents, we can still correct our opponents, with gentleness. I like that because God, and then he's like basically says, who knows? The grace of God is so deep and so wide. Who, you don't know what's going to happen as a result of this. Right. And it's not up to you. It goes back to Jeremiah. Like these places will still be salvaged because the grace of God is so big. But your responsibility is to carry the word of God with gentleness, endurance, courage, faith, joy, peace. You can do it. Boom. That was nice. Thanks, Paul. Our psalm for today is Psalm 119, 81 through 88. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke. Yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They they persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on the earth. But I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life, that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We'll talk to you next time.